Praise God, brothers and sisters. Uh, it's good to be in the house of God tonight. And uh, before I begin my sermon, I wanted to just ask, can I get a show of hands? How many readers do we have here tonight? Like, how, who reads? Like, who sits down and, like, reads books? That's, wow. <laughs> Two boys, three boys, wow, that's disappointing. What about the girls? How many, how many readers do we have? Okay, a little bit better than the boys, which is understandable. That's good. For as long as I can remember, um, I've always been a reader. I've always loved to read. Um, we used to have a lot of books growing up. My dad encouraged reading a lot. And um, at one point when I was young, we had a neighbor. Her name was Doris. Uh, great lady. She was great. Um, she was always taking care of her garden. Her, her, she, she was, her garden was like the envy of the neighborhood. You drive down her street, you can see her house because she's at all the beautiful flowers. She's always out there with a little um, trowel, pulling up weeds and whatnot. And at one point, she gave us a couple books. I remember there's like three or four books. It's part of a series. It was called uh, Uncle Arthur's Bedtime Stories. And you guys might be laughing, but don't laugh. I used to read those a lot, bedtime stories. Uh, and they were like Christian-based, so all the stories in there had like a virtue attached to them or like a, uh, a good moral that you can uh, uh, gain from it. And I remember that these books also had like pictures in them. They were like the most beautiful pictures. They were like painted. I was like, man, if somebody actually took the time to like draw these pictures and put them in these bedtime stories that some like kid is going to read, not even going to pay attention to, you know? And... In those books, I remember that there was also these like beautiful, beautiful lawns and grass and uh, gardens, and they were just the most beautiful thing. And I was like, man, if, if I could have that lawn, that grass, if I could have that garden in my yard, I would be the happiest guy ever. And so since that moment, every summer, as I, as I was growing up, I've really developed a keen sense of, of um, gardening. I don't, I don't want to say gardening, but like taking care of my, my lawn, basically. I really enjoy taking care of my lawn. Like if you come over to my house, I know my cell group comes, they can attest to that. They love my lawn. The, the green is grass, my lines are straight. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you something, straight lines, they're, they're hard to come across. They're hard to make, especially like in baseball fields and all that. They're hard to make. And I've always loved taking care of grass. I've always loved, you know, watering it, feeding it, taking out dandelions, just making it beautiful, right? Who doesn't love a beautiful lawn? And as I was growing older, I actually got a job at a nursing home, and guess what I would do? I would mow lawns, and I would take my pride in it. I would take my time out. The, the old ladies, they loved it there. They would walk out, and they'd be like, wow, this is... This is some nice lawn. I said, thank you. God bless you, sister. And, and, and this would continue every summer. Every summer, I would actually look forward to summer because it would be a time to be outside, a time to be with the lawnmower, time to spend, you know, getting some vitamin D. And what am I getting at? What am I getting at? Summer is coming up, and I look forward to spending time outdoors. I look forward to mowing the grass. But for a lot of people, it might be different. For a lot of people, summertime is a time where 
you know, let's say you don't live in a house with land, you don't live in a house where you can run around, and it's a, it's a time where you have a lot of free time on your hand, you, you have a lot of time to spend like alone with your thoughts, you have a lot of time to spend reading books if that's what you do, a lot of time to spend watching movies if that's what you do, a lot of time just spending time on social media. Basically, you have a lot of time in your hands. We, there's no school, and a lot of us are, are out of school right now. And so we, we reached the age-old question, the question that the psalmist David in Psalm 199, he asks, and which will be the topic of my sermon tonight. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And I, I named my sermon tonight, How Can We as a Youth, How Can We as children of God maintain our purity for the summer of 2022. And not only the summer of 22, but for the rest of the year. And starting off, what, what does it mean to be pure? What, is it, what does purity mean? We actually had youth camp a couple years back. Uh, does anybody remember the topic for that youth camp? Was it 20, 2018? 20, no, 2020. 20, 2021. 2021, wow. Does anybody remember the topic for 2021 youth camp? Pure hearts? Purity, yes. Purified. And uh, if you were there, we, we spoke a lot, a lot about uh, what it means to be pure, how can we uh, maintain our purity, what can we do, what practical steps we can take in our lives in order to uh, remain pure. And tonight I want to I just kind of refresh our memory, refresh our, our minds for, for this year. Last year was last year, this year is this year, this summer is going to have its own uh, hardships and trials. And I want to, I want to just kind of refresh your memory of, of what we had last year at the youth camp. And so what does it mean to be pure? What, is it, what does purity mean? Purity is basically freedom from anything that contaminates. For example, we have uh, pure water, we drink water, and it's free from algae, it's free from bacteria. It's free from um, fungi or fungi, whatever you want to say, parasites, metals such as copper and lead, chemical pollutants. It's free from, um, what's that stuff that they put in pools? Chlorine, yes. It's free from chlorine. And so when we drink pure water, it's free from all these like excess contaminants that we get to drink and we enjoy and we um, renew our strength base with this water. And another thing that is pure is gold, right? Pure gold is, in order to reach purity, it goes through this really long process of refining that basically removes all of its dross, all these excess metals such as lead, it, it removes iron, basically that, that contaminates the gold. And in the end, you have this perfect gold block that is free from any contaminants. And so, when we look at biblical purity, we have to understand that there's only one person that is 100%, 100% pure, 100% holy, and that is God, and that is Jesus. At the beginning of the world, when God created the world, he created earth free from sin. He created the earth. It was basically in its most pure form. The earth was, was, was pure in the fact that there was no sin, there was no pollution, there was no death, there was no decay. And man was living, Adam was living in, in, in basically a paradise. And the moment that sin entered this world, the moment that Adam and Eve fell into sin is when these pollutants began to, to encroach on humanity. It began drop by drop, 
to take hold of, of humankind, and to this day, it just continues beating and beating on humans as, as they go throughout their lives. And so, and that includes us. And I want to thank Stan for, for basically just laying down the foundation for my sermon because uh, I will be speaking about salvation and what it means to be saved and how, what, how does that tie in with purity. And so we were born with a fallen, sinful nature. And our nature, the, the one that we are born with, it desires to convince and persuade other people to agree with our views. And so we're born into this world and right away we're like, hey, you know, I can remember when I was younger, going to middle school, high school, I would always have this like influence, this peer pressure to like, hey, come do this with us, or come do this with us, you know, let's go to the book fair, but then we're going to put a little sticker in our pockets, we're like, we're going to put a, a bookmark, and that's like, it's not bad, but like, uh, it's basically like peer pressure, we, the, the, the people around us try to convince us that what they are doing is right, that what, what this nature that of ours, the sinful, this fallen na- nature of ours, that is the right nature, and um, going on from that, purity and holiness, the one that God has, basically destroys this idea, and it suggests that God's purpose for us is to set us apart and be in line with God's views. So when we, when we look at God's law, when we look at all of the laws and all of the uh, um, words that God has left us here on earth, these are his views. These are, these are basically his guidelines that we have to follow in order to reach purity, in order to reach holiness. And the nature that God has and the nature that the, the people around us have, the nature that we have, it clashes. It, can, it does not get along with each other. The nature that God has says, I want to I set you free. I want to purify you. I want to make you holy. I want to make you set apart from this world. You can't be like the rest of the world. You have to be set apart from this world. But the nature that we have says, well, you know, I want to be cool. I want to look like the other person. I want to look like uh, this person I saw on Instagram, he looks really cool. I'm going to follow that and just kind of mimic what he does or do what he says. And these, these two natures are constantly at war with each other. And this is where the power of the gospel comes in. This is where the power of grace comes in. We are so attached to our old nature and the old way of doing things that it's hard to accept the fact that Jesus died for our sins, that he, he paid once and for all the sins that we have committed. He has taken our nature, our old sinful nature, and replaced it with a new nature, and that is where we, we have salvation. But for, for a lot of us, and even for myself, as I was growing up, as I was um, still getting to understand my relationship with God, still getting to understand my, um, the, the, my relationship with God, it was hard to accept the idea that did Jesus really, in fact, die for my sins? Did he really, in fact, take this nature from me? Because here I am still trying to, like, convince myself that maybe if I do this, or maybe if I do that, or maybe if I, like, you know, uh, abstain from, like, just watching something or abstain from, like, saying something, that's what's going to save me. That's what's going to open up these doors of, like, oh, wow, Jesus really loves me now because I didn't do this or I didn't do that. And this is where... A lot, of, a lot of people, they get bogged down in understanding of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on, our sin, for, on the cross for our sins, that the sin that we cling on to, that he would take it away from us and replace it with his nature, replace it with his uh, Holy Spirit, because once something was removed from our, ourselves, our souls, it must be replaced with something else. And the only th- thing that it can get replaced with is the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. And 
Oftentimes we say, well, I've sinned too many times. I, I've fallen down too many times. You know, this, this one sin that I've done just now, this is the one that broke the camel's back. God is not going to forgive me. God is saying, well, look at you. You're, you're, you're done. Like, you've you, you done gone too far, you know. And the message that he has for you tonight and even through Brother Stan is it's not too late. It's not, you, have, you are not too far gone. Jesus still has salvation for you. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still has a plan for your life. And the thing that, that, that stops us from taking this next step into salvation is the condemnation that Satan brings with him. The condemnation that Satan says, well, look at you. You're, you're, you're no better than everybody else. You're the, you're, you go around and sin like everybody else. You're, you're, you're uh, dabbling in the same sins that you've all, you've fallen so many times, you, you, you can't get up, you keep getting up, but you keep falling, so what's the point of getting back up again? What's the point of, of coming back to Jesus if you feel like you're going to fall again? And this is the condemnation that the devil brings to us. But we have to, look, we have to fix our eyes upon Jesus who says, well, you've fallen, yes, you've fallen, but the, the true Christian doesn't remain where he's at. The true Christian will rise back up and say, Lord, I've fallen. I, I, I want to get back up again. I want, to, I want to continue to serve you. I want to continue to get to know who you are, what your plan is for my life. I know I keep sinning, but I know that in you there is salvation. In you there is hope. There is redemption. And that is my encouragement for tonight. My encouragement for you, and, and, and it brings me to a verse that I really love. And it's Isaiah. If you can open up with me to Isaiah chapter 42. Verse 3, where it says, A bruised reed, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. What does that mean? What does that mean for, for us as believers? What does that mean for Christians? If God has set a fire in our hearts, if God has set the spark in our hearts to, to serve Him, to, to dedicate our lives to Him, to every day to die to our sinful nature, and we are we're, we're trying, we're, we're attempting, at a, a, we're making steps towards him. And God looks at this and says, I'm not going to quench that. I'm not going to put that out. I'm not going to throw you out just because you've sinned one time, two times, three times. I'm going to continue working on you. I'm going to continue uh, fixing you. you. You've fallen. You've, you've been broken. You've been, but I'm going to keep mending you. I'm going to keep fixing you. I'm going to keep uh, encouraging you because this is what Jesus does. This is the, the power of the gospel. And... If you are in a place tonight, I don't know where you are in your lives tonight, if you are in a place where, where you say, well, man, but it's not for me. Maybe it's for the other guy. Jesus still has a plan for you. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, We are confident in this very thing, that he has, who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So the one Jesus, the one that has saved us, the one that has brought us new life, the one that has given us his Holy Spirit, if he has started something good in you, he will not leave you, he will not forsake you, he will not ever, ever take you aside and say, well, I'm done with you because you, you, you've gone too far down the wrong path. Jesus says, I will finish the work that I have started in you. And that is only if we put our fully trust in him, if we only we set our eyes on him. And so I want to leave us with a few challenges for this summer. We, we've, uh, we've reached a point in, in, this, in this, it's like, it's like, it's May, but it's like cloudy. It's still it's like in the 50s, like, is it really summer? And trust me, summer will come and we're going to be praying for rain again. And everybody said, amen. And, uh, and I want to leave with you guys a few challenges for 2022, a few challenges uh, 
how can we maintain our purity? And I want us to all be attentive to these next uh, couple of points that I want to make. Um, challenge number one. And if you have a pencil, pen, a phone, write this down and just kind of keep this in the back of your head as, you, as we move on through the summer months. Challenge number one. Find time to spend a communion with, with God, with Jesus. Um, oftentimes in the summer months, we have these really long months, and if we're not occupied with anything, we have a lot of time on our hands. And this time is spent doing everything, everything, but spending time with the Lord. And I, I know this because I've been there and I've done that, and so I can say amen to that. But Jesus has brought me from a place where I don't spend time doing the things that I want to do, but I spend the time doing the things that he wants me to do. And that is my challenge for you tonight. And a, a verse that I want to encourage you from is going to be found in Psalm, and it's uh, 119, Psalm 119 and verse, verse 11. I started off with verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. And, and following down in verse 11, it says... Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so if we desire a pure life, if we desire a life that is pleasing to God, if we desire a life that is holy, if we desire a life that is free from sin, we have to fulfill this emptiness in our hearts with the word of God. We have to saturate ourselves with the word of God. A pure life is built upon the receiving the pure word of God. And when we look at purity, it doesn't happen overnight. We don't just come one day and we read a psalm and we say, Lord, this is what's going to purify me. This is what it's, I'm going to just read a, a verse a day and, and that's going to be the, the be all end all. And this, this one verse is going to purify. This is a process. This is a process where Jesus says, I, you, you're going to spend time with me. You're going to spend time in prayer. But during that time, I'm going to start purifying you. I'm going to start cleansing your thoughts, your actions, your words, your speech, your your, your, the music that you listen to. And uh, this is like a constant, constant just purification process that Jesus brings you through as you're saturating yourself with his word. Uh, the psalmist David reminds us that these verses that he wrote in here, the best way that a young man or a young woman can keep his purity is by obey, obeying God's words, by by keeping them in your heart, by memorizing them, by reminding them yourselves when you're going through a hard time, when you're going through a trial, to, to say, well, I have all these promises that God left for me. I have all these uh, words that God has left for me that I can uh, use in these times of, of hardships and battles. And, uh, and not only th these words, but also songs and poems. I know a lot of us like to listen to like worship music, but not even that, but like uh, I encourage you guys to like get into like the old hymns, like uh, um, songs that actually have a story behind them. I know these new songs, they do have a story. Some of them do, some of them don't. God bless you, whoever listens to those. Uh, but I'm saying like, go really into the old songs. Look at the words, read the words, read them as a poem, read them. Like if we read how, how Great Thou Art, it's like, what, nine or ten verses, and it's like every verse is like, Wow, wow, wow. It gets better as I go down the line, you know? And I want to encourage you guys, keep those songs in your hearts. Keep those verses in your hearts. Continue, like, reciting them in your head. Going to work. Just I, what I, One thing I do, and I know I annoy a lot of people with this, is that I, I like to sing, like, old songs. My cell group can attest to this. 
every time I'm like at a cell group or something, I'll just like spontaneously like, hey, let's sing an old song. Let's, and they make fun of me because I, I, I like to sing Oi Zishla Zishla, but that's neither here nor there. That's, that's uh, during Christmas. And my encouragement to you is find time to spend with the Lord. Find time to spend time in prayer, to spend time in His Word, because it is only through that that you are able to live a holy life, live a pure life before the Lord. The second challenge I want to uh, leave with you is set boundaries for yourself. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Set boundaries for yourself. The sin that you might be struggling with, the sin or the thing that you might be struggling with, it's somebody else's strength. And the strength that somebody else might be going through could be your weakness. It could be the thing that makes you stumble. And Job, uh, in, verse 30, uh, in chapter 31 of Job, it says, Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Job here, he, 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 he's, he reached a point in his life where he understands that uh, the life that he's living before the Lord, and it's towards the end of Job, he, he makes a promise to himself. He makes a, a covenant with his eyes that he won't look upon a woman. And we, uh, we just had um, Daniel read, and uh, Daniel, when we read Daniel, the first chapter of Daniel, we see that these men, these young men, they're brought before the king and they're given like everything that the king has, the food, the wine, everything. But they made a, 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 basically a, a promise for themselves that, hey, we're not going to, uh, yes, it's my, it might be good for everybody else, but for us, we're not going to defile ourselves with the king's portion. And um, I want to encourage you guys with that. The thing that, that you have, um, the thing that is making you stumble, the thing that, that, keeps you, that keeps making you fall back into sin over and over again, set a boundary for yourself. Say, well, just because everybody else can do this, I, I'm going to set a boundary for myself and I'm not going to do it. Just because everybody else uses this word or everybody else is going in that direction, uh, I myself will not do that because I want to cultivate my relationship with God. I want to build my relationship with, with God. And that's the second um, challenge. And the third and last challenge I want to leave with you this summer is uh, get involved in something. And this can, this can take a lot of shapes and forms. I know a lot of you in here are not in choir. Uh, that's neither here nor there. You can join choir if you want. We are need attenders, brothers. Um, but get involved in something. There's an old saying that says, idle hands is the devil's playground. How many of you heard that? When we have a lot of time on our hands, that's when the devil finds time to work in our minds. And, and even the Bible says that, you know, a thought and it gives birth to sin and sin uh, eventually leads to death. And so find time to, to join a, either a ministry or a cell group uh, or, or even like just a volunteer or, or find a summer job or mow some lawns. I don't care. You name it. Just find time to get involved in something that will take uh, the time, the free time that you have that you will put it to good use. And in my conclusion here tonight, we're going to be concluding here in a second. Um, staying pure and holy in thought, action, word, sight, hearing in today's day and age has got to be one of the hardest tasks uh, that we as a youth are going through. Because even I remember growing up, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't so, you know, just bombarded by all of these like social media and People weren't as influenced by that, if that makes any sense. Like, I was growing up, and, you know, we would play out in the streets all day. We wouldn't care if what was on TikTok, or we, there was no TikTok, you know. There was no 
Snapchat or Instagram or all these things because, uh, in, in today's day and age, we're just constantly bombarded by this. Like we're driving down the street and we, we're just like, just information from everywhere, from all points of just everywhere. And like our phones are right there and we're always on our phones and we're always just like, just, and, and, and it's like, it, it creates this atmosphere of like, well, I don't have time. I don't have time for God. I don't have time for his word because I'm, I, I'm constantly trying to do something. You know, I'm constantly trying to do something. And I want to leave you, we'll leave you with a verse. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. It says, look carefully how you walk then, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. And to me, it feels like this verse was written for 2022. Amen. This verse was written for us in today's day and age because the days truly are, in fact, evil. Every day, I'm just, I'm just fascinated by like how like something new is like like happened that's like didn't happen yesterday, and it's like, man, like what's gonna happen tomorrow? What's gonna happen the next day? And it just gets more and more evil as time progresses, and we have to find time to these challenges that I that I said. We have to find time to. Uh, spend time in communion with the Lord, to set boundaries for ourselves, and to get involved in something. And the last and final verse I want to leave you with is 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. This is for us, the youth, uh, and I believe that this verse could be an encouragement for a lot of people if we receive it. So let's read it. Let no one despise you for your youth. So if you're young, let nobody despise you. What does that mean? Let nobody look down upon you. Just because you're young, just because uh, you're not the, the wisest, the smartest, don't let anybody look down on you for that. But set the believers an example. I'm like, wow. I read that. I'm like, wow. The, the young people have to set an example for the believers. That's us. That's here tonight. That's all of us. We have to set an example for the believers. What are we setting an example in? Speech, conduct, in love, in faith, and last but not least, impurity. And Timothy is, and I believe that this verse, again, is, is for now, is for 2022, that Timothy is encouraging us, the youth. And he's saying, be an example to the world around us. Be an example to uh, non-believers, to believers even. Just be an example everywhere you go. And what are we being an example in? In speech, in conduct. How do, we, how do we carry ourselves? How do we respond to others? How do we treat other people? In love, in faith, and in purity. And so my message for you tonight and my prayer for tonight is that if you're in a place where, where, where you say, well, I, here I am and I've fallen and I've, and I've tried to get him back up, I want to let you know tonight that there is hope for you. Jesus is waiting for you tonight to make this next step in your life where you say, Lord, I'm fully, fully just giving myself up into your hands. I want to serve you with all my heart. I want to make this, uh, this summer the best summer that I can, serving you, serving the people around me giving my all to him because in him that we can find purity, we can find holiness, we can find righteousness. And um, my, my final, final encouragement, and we get this a lot, right? I'm getting ready to close, but we don't close. Uh, I'm getting ready to close. Um, this summer, I want, I, want to, I want to set this final challenge for everybody here tonight. Find time to to remain pure. And what do I mean by that? Remain pure in speech, the words that we say, the words that we, that we speak to others. And we, a lot of us are in school. We're influenced by all these 
teenagers, worldly teenagers, people that don't necessarily know God. And it takes a lot for, for a believer to stand out in a crowd of people that are all doing the same thing, that are all going in one direction. It's the toughest thing to stand out from a crowd like that. And uh, the, the prayer that, that I want us to pray tonight is, Lord, give us a heart that is longing for you. Give us a heart that desires purity. Give us a heart that desires your word, that desires communion with you, that desires to spend time in prayer, in, in worship, in songs, in, in, in like just digging in his word, seeing what he, what he has for us this summer. And with that, I wanted to close. And let's all stand up right now. And if, if that's you tonight, if, if you're in this place tonight and you want to give up your life to Jesus, just wherever you're at, say that prayer. Say that prayer. And I want to encourage you that God still listens to our prayers tonight. No matter where we are, no matter what situation we're in, God's plan is still here for us and that we are only going to receive it if we say yes to God's plan. And I want to bless every single one of you guys. Let's try to be pure this summer. Let's give our whole lives to Jesus and let's go to God in prayer, uh, thanking him for all of these things. So Father,